Food bloggers, hi, how are you today? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Eat Blog Talk podcast. This is the place for food bloggers to get information and inspiration to accelerate your blog's growth and ultimately help you to achieve your freedom, whether that's financial, personal, or professional. I'm Megan Porta, and I've been a food blogger for over 12 years. I understand how isolating food blogging can be at times. I'm on a mission to motivate, inspire, and most importantly, let each and every food blogger, including you, know that you are heard and supported. If you are looking to make a little bit of money while you're either waiting for an ad network or just in addition to having ads, this episode is going to be a great listen for you. Sarah Holt from Real Food with Sarah joins me in this episode and she talks about making a full-time income creating recipes, creating videos and or photography for food brands while you're blogging. She gives us a lot of tangible tips as well as encouragement to get started with this. This is episode number 383, sponsored by Rank IQ. Hey, food bloggers. Do you want to learn how to get your audience's attention with Google Web Stories? And do you struggle with knowing how to craft and create an audience capturing web story around a recipe? then Google Web Stories Virtual Workshop is for you. By the end, you will walk away with a much better understanding of Google Web Stories, you'll have an optimized system to create them in less than 15 minutes, and you will have a customized template that communicates your brand story while strategically positioning your recipes to your chosen audience. Sign up for this Tastemaker Workshop experience, which is geared more for beginners and intermediate users of Google Web Stories in the food blog space. This is a one-day virtual hands-on workshop, and it will take place online February 10th, 2023. Go to eblogtalk.com forward slash resources. Scroll down to the orange button underneath the Tastemaker logo for more information and to sign up. Now on to the episode. I have Sarah Holt with me today. She's going to talk to us about making a full-time income creating recipes, videos, and photography for food brands while blogging. Sarah has been a food blogger for almost three years at Real Food with Sarah. After years of struggling with keyword research and SEO, she is excited to be within distance of reaching her goal of qualifying for a media vine in the next few months. Congratulations. While Sarah's blog is growing, she was successful in focusing a lot on freelance and sponsored brand work this year and has so far made 15 times more than she made in 2021. Also, congratulations. That's amazing. Sarah has a limited following of 2,200 followers on Instagram, so she is showing that it can be done. Okay, your story is amazing. I can't wait to dig into this more, Sarah. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Megan? I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, I'm great too. Thank you for asking. Before we get into that awesomeness though, do you have a fun fact to share with us? Yeah, so I love traveling and um, so far I've been to 18 different countries and hoping to, you know, increase that in the next year. Amazing. Okay, what's your, do you have a favorite or maybe like a top two favorites? Um, Well, I love India. I've been there twice. Just the people are so nice and I never had a bad meal there. The food was amazing. Oh, yes. That is on my list. And then where is your next or one of your next places that you would like to go? Indonesia. I've always wanted to go to Bali, but um, I know Bali is like very hyped up now. So there are like some more lesser known islands that I'd love to check out. Oh, amazing. I love it. So I'm assuming that the pandemic and everything surrounding that kind of slowed down your travels, but you should be able to start digging into that more coming up here, which is exciting. Yeah, hopefully. (laughs) 
Awesome. Well, let's talk about your experience with creating content for food brands while you've been growing your blog. Your numbers are amazing, 15 times more year over year than you made in 2021. That's so impressive. So we're excited to learn from you. Would you mind just starting, Sarah, with telling us a little bit about your blogging journey, when and why you started, tell us about your niche, and then like what led you to working with brands? Yeah, so I started, I think I started posting on Instagram in like 2018 as um, like a fitness account, just like posting my meals and my workouts. And then I kind of decided to delve into nutrition. So I did a sports nutrition course. So I'm now a certified nutritionist. And I was posting like healthy recipes. And then finally in um, 2020, I decided to start a website. And I just, I kind of moved away from like the fitness and like nutrition coaching stuff and just into like just creating recipes because that's what I enjoy. Yeah. And then as far as working with brands, I started last year just working with a couple of brands on a few small projects. And then this year it really took off. So what led you to the point where you decided brand work was something you wanted to pursue? Um, I was just seeing like other people working with brands and like, you know, telling people like how much they can make doing it. Um, and I just, I just enjoy creating recipes and photographing. So I figured why not offer my services to, you know, brands that need it. Yeah. Doing like a little double duty with the stuff you're already doing. So why not make money on the side while you're trying to get into an ad network, right? Yeah, exactly. What were some of your first steps as far as like finding a brand or brands to reach out to? So just like brands that I, you know, use regularly. So things that I have in my pantry and my fridge, I, you know, make notes of those and then reach out to them mainly on Instagram DM just to get a contact information for someone. And then after that, you know, I would discover brands in like the store or just like scrolling through social media. I'd find new brands and I'd try out the products and then decide if I want to pitch them. Do you have any secrets about that? Because I feel like every expert that comes on the podcast has like a little bit of a unique spin as far as, I don't know, like an insider secret about finding the right contact or doing the right pitch or something. Do you have anything that really works? Yeah. So I think definitely through um, Instagram DM, you have to follow up. You can't just send one new message. A lot of times they don't respond unless you follow up like two or three times. Sometimes they'll never respond and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can do also do like some searching on LinkedIn, see if you can find someone like a name for a per contact person and then, you know, try to figure out the email format and hope that you got it right. Yeah. Things like that. That's tricky. I love that. That's such a good little nugget there. Like LinkedIn, first of all, because I feel like a lot of brands are there and then seeing their email structure, there's someone, there's a member in my mastermind group who does that. And when she told us that, I was like, what? That is such an, like a private investigator move to find the email it structure. It's kind of like <laughs> creepy, but um, I actually have this Chrome plugin called Rocket Reach. And oh. it gives you, if you can find it online, like it's not, you know, sometimes people's email addresses are hidden, but you should, oh. that usually helps find something. Yeah. And then do you try to establish a like just a human connection with people first or do you just dig in right away and say, I'm a blogger looking to work with a brand or a photographer? So I usually give like a little bit of background in my email and then, you know, talk about how I use the product and then try to give like find opportunities 
like their needs. So sometimes people might not have that many Instagram reels. So I'd pitch that or they might not have like a certain type of recipe on their website. So I'd pitch an idea for that. So finding those gaps. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I think that is one of the secrets of landing brand deals that actually fit for both parties is if there are gaps, like if they're missing photography on their website, for example, yeah. you can provide that. So that's a need that you're feeling for them. And then they can give you some work. Then I think that would be the best route to go because you'd be surprised how many brands really do have gaps within their sites or their um, social followings or somewhere that we can actually like serve and add value with. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I've actually worked with a brand and I did a reel for an existing recipe that they had already on their website. So I didn't create the recipe, but I created a video for them to share on social media. So it can just be things like that. Yes, exactly. Okay. So do you have some tips about other tips about like pitching what are some of your what's your best advice as far as like going into a pitch okay so make sure you you know curate each pitch to each individual brand don't just do something generic you're usually not going to get a response at all if you do that you know sometimes you can like include something like i love that you use like local ingredients or organic ingredients or you donate proceeds to this charity or something like that just so they know that you've like looked into them and then yeah just also give recipe ideas so don't just be like I would love to create recipes for you I like to give like specific recipe ideas depending on the season that I'm pitching for that is such great advice and that makes them feel heard right and special I think from their end it's like oh they actually took the time to write out a thoughtful message versus like copying and pasting from a template. Do you ever do that where you have a template and you just kind of alter it or do you write every message completely unique? Oh no, I have a like bunch of templates in Gmail yeah. that I just go to and, you know, curate it. So like obviously some things are the same, like my bio and stuff, but you know, I do curate it for each brand, but it's, but it's easier to have like a little bit of a template. Yeah. Okay. So if you get a brand's attention and you are negotiating a deal I know this can be kind of tricky and overwhelming for a lot of people. So do you have any tips about that process? Yeah. So, I mean, I usually, when a brand asks for pricing, I usually ask them like what they're looking for. I do have packages laid out in my media kit. And so sometimes I'll ask for those and I will give those to them. If they're just asking for general pricing, I'll make sure to get the deliverables first before giving them pricing because, you know, maybe it won't be like my pricing might not fit in their budget for what they're asking for. So I highly recommend figuring out exactly what they want rather just give it, than giving like generic, this is my freelance photography cost, things like that. Right. So instead of just providing a general rate sheet up front, really like getting into their individual needs and then providing them with rates. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. I think that's great advice too. So are there ever times when you just know that it's not going to work out? What are those red flags? How do we know when to walk away and how do we know when to keep moving forward? So definitely I would say walk away when it like you need to have a your lowest price and you don't want to go lower than that. It's going to look different for everyone, you know, based on cost of living and expenses, things like that, but if you I have worked for lower than I would like to and it's just not worth it to mm-hmm. me. That's worth not worth the time. 
you know, I feel like I didn't produce the bet my best work just because I was like, oh, I'm not making much money from this. So definitely if I know you could be talking with a brand who it's like your dream brand, but they don't have the budget for you. I just don't think it's worth it to work below what your lowest rate is. It's so frustrating to like be doing work and the whole time you're doing it, you're like, oh, I hate this. I hate this. Yeah. So whatever, like I know people call it like the hate rate or whatever, but like whatever price you're willing to do X work for that isn't going to make you, you know, hate your life <laughs> hate yeah, your exactly. day or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Any other red flags or things that you see that tell you to walk away? Yeah. So things like they'll be asking you for a bunch of things, like it's no big deal if you just do this extra video or things like that. You know, you want to make sure the brand that you're talking to actually values you as a creator and what you're doing and, you know, understands the amount of work that goes into each project. And some just don't understand. So it's time to walk away from those brands. Are you ready to learn, grow, and build relationships in person in 2023? EatBlog Talk is hosting a 2023 spring retreat for food bloggers. This is super exciting. In-person retreats are an opportunity for food bloggers to convene in an intimate setting to learn, collaborate, and connect. These retreats involve mastermind-style peer-to-peer collaborating, and they are such a powerful way to grow your business, expand your network of peers, and make lasting friendships. Apply to attend the spring 2023 retreat. Go to eblogtalk.com forward slash retreat to fill out the application. I hope to see you there. Now back to the episode. And you can feel when people value you. I mean, it's just more of a feeling that you get. I mean, not just a brand, but like any human. When somebody values your time and your experience and you as a human, you know that, right? Like, you know you know when it's a right fit and you know when it's not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So just lean into that intuition a little bit. Is there anything else with walking away and just needing to know when to do that? Yeah. So I guess if I have an example of if you have a client already and you want to walk away from that partnership. So I had an ongoing partnership with a brand. There was no end date. So this is different. Like if you have a set contract in place, you can't just, you know, end the partnership unless obviously you speak to them. But I just wasn't enjoying the work anymore. And I just started to like dread every week when I had to do these recipes. And I knew like I wasn't producing the best work for them. And so it wasn't beneficial for either of us. So I just decided to end the partnership on a good note. And even though I was like worried about losing the income because it was set monthly income, pretty substantial, but I was just like, wasn't serving me anymore. And in turn, not the brand and it ended up working out. I ended up making more money after ending that partnership. Yeah, sometimes it's just best to let go. And again, leaning into what your gut is telling you about about how you're feeling, right? And letting go can be a huge message that you're willing, you're opening yourself up for other better things. And there is like an element of faith that needs to be involved there because it just seems like, well, if I keep holding on, I can make this money. But in the end, it's usually not worth it. And yeah, I think that your journey is evidence of that. Yeah. And you have more time for things that you actually enjoy. Oh my gosh, that's so true. I can go like look back in my history of blogging and podcasting and tell you so many times when I was holding on to something that I knew I shouldn't be, but I was afraid to let it go because it was like too expensive to do that. You know, like there's so many 
different reasons. But when I did let those things go, oh my gosh, like things open up in ways that you cannot ever imagine. But it's really scary to do that. It's not an easy thing to do. So you have relatively low, I mean, I wouldn't call them low, but I mean, comparatively with like the whole scope of big food bloggers with massive Instagram accounts, like 2000 probably isn't, you know, like super, super high. By the way, I'm around 2000. So I'm with you, Sarah. (laughs) But this is just proof to all of us that you can do this successfully without a huge social media following. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So I last, I was thinking it was a year ago in November, I started working with Kim and Chelsea at 10K under 10K. Love them. Yeah, they're great. (laughs) But I did coaching calls with them and they helped me really so much with like trying to find brands and my pitches and stuff and just like give me the confidence that I could, you know, make this work. Whereas when I was doing it on my own before I talked to them, I just like, it wasn't working out. I was just thought, I, you know, you have to have like 10,000 followers in order to make money working with brands. But that is not the case. Yeah. You know, there are some brands that still want people with certain following and they will, won't work with you um, or pay you if you don't have, you know, a certain number of followers. And that's fine. But there are plenty of brands that do value smaller creators and will pay you what you're worth. So it may take a little more time to find those, but they, those brands are out there. They are there. They exist. And sometimes we just need a little confidence boost to move us to the next level. Like you working with Kim and Chelsea, maybe that was just what you needed to be like, okay, I can, like, this is possible. I can do this. Let's do it. You know? So like investing in a coach or a group of peers that's going to really encourage you to go above where you think you can go. Sometimes that's all you need to take yourself to the next level. Yep. That's awesome. Okay. What else are we missing about this whole topic? So is there anything else that we that you feel like food bloggers need to hear if they are wanting to lean into this more? Maybe they're also waiting to get into an ad network and just want a little extra income, want some more experience. What other advice do you have for them? Uh, my biggest advice is to follow up with brands because sometimes I've had brands come back to me like six months later after my first initial pitch and decide they want to work with me. So make sure you're always following up. I try to do like four emails in a row, not every single day in a row, but um, (laughs) like twice in the first week and then like the two weeks after that one email. And then if they don't respond, then I'll just like give it a little break for like maybe a couple months and then I'll reach back out again and see if they respond. So make sure you're always following up because, you know, emails get lost sometimes. You know, they might see your email and then say they're going to come back to it and then forget about it. So definitely follow up. That's my biggest piece of advice. I always feel, and I think other people can relate to this, I always feel like I'm bothering them. But I don't think that we always are because like you said, sometimes emails just get lost or people see them and they mean to come back and they just don't. So do you feel, I mean, do you ever feel that way? Like, oh gosh, I'm emailing them again. (laughs) I mean, yeah, but you know, what do you have to lose really? Yeah, right. It can either ignore you or just say no. Yeah, the pain of not getting the brand deal is probably worse than the pain of wondering if you're bothering them, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so what else do we need to know? Anything else? Any other last tips? So I have to say as far as, so I've made the most money doing freelance content rather than sponsored work. So in that case, you know, my follower count on Instagram doesn't really matter. 
And so I'd say if you don't want to do sponsored work, which like I would prefer to do freelance and just, you know, send it off to the client for them to post um, and use how they wish. I highly recommend, you know, pitching for as a freelancer rather than for sponsored posts. So that's something that you want to do. I feel like a lot of brands just assume you want to do sponsored posts when you're reaching out. So make sure like you tailor your pitching email to say that you're freelance content creator. When you are pitching yourself as a freelancer, how do you select people to pitch to? So I typically the same person will be in charge of, you know, creator, like influencer type work and also like just general like marketing or they might would direct you to someone else. Do you ever reach out to individual like blog food bloggers or other content creators and just pitch yourself that way? I have, but I haven't ended up working with anyone. Okay. (laughs) And maybe it's a matter of like if you are well connected and you just know like Blogger X is looking for a photographer and you could fill that gap, you could step in and say, hey, I know you're looking. I mean, just a matter of keeping your ears and eyes open to see if anyone in your circles are needing help and if you can add value in that way too. I know I've like, I have a photographer right now just for a little bit who's helping me take some photos for my food blog and that's how we started working together because we know each other and I was like I'm kind of done taking photos for now and she was like oh I can do that for you so I mean it can be as simple as that too yeah that's great yeah I've also posted in those VA groups on Facebook and you know offered my services I've had I've chatted with a couple people but it just hasn't worked out yeah. Okay. So we talked about the investment piece with like coaching and just getting people to kind of boost your confidence and tell you what you're capable of. What other investments do you recommend considering in your business? So obviously it depends on each individual person, like what your goals are and also your finances. You know, it's obviously so scary, especially when you're starting out a business and you're not making a ton of money to invest in the business. But you know, it's how they always say you have to spend money to make money. I really believe that's true. Yeah. And, you know, some purchases may just be scary, but um, I promise they'll have a great return on investment. Like I said, I worked with Kim and Chelsea and that obviously paid off like so much working with them. And then I recently just had a blog audit with Casey Markey and I've learned so many things from him. There's, I know I watch all of his uh, webinars and listen to all of his, his podcasts, but it's, there's nothing like actually sitting down with him one-on-one yeah. and him telling you things that you can improve on. That's just been, that was just so beneficial to me. I'm still going through the giant list of things that he gave me, but <laughs> yeah, it's a long list. It's overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then how do you feel about like investing in courses and things like that? Yeah, so I've done a couple of photography courses. Food photography school was my first one. And then I did Two Love Studio Composition oh, yeah. Essentials. Yeah. And that one was great also. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Like, I feel like if you are connected in the right places, whether it's on Facebook or elsewhere, you kind of get a direction about what the, like, quote, good <laughs> places are to go, like the reputable places that produce yeah. results for people. So just maybe asking around, like, what's worked for you? Has this course actually helped your business? And seeing if it's been beneficial for others. What do you think about outsourcing? Yeah, so I actually have a VA who writes blog posts for me because I do not like doing that. Yeah. (laughs) And so that's been so helpful because it's taken a lot of time off of my plate. And I've seen a 
big increase in my blog traffic as a result of her working for me. She's great. Awesome. And then like there are always those investments. Like I look back and remember investments that I made that maybe weren't good, but I made those investments out of like my own thinking and I didn't really base my decision on what was working for other people. So we learn as we go through and like, oh, that probably wasn't worthwhile, but you yeah. know, I'm going to veer in this new direction. And yeah, this is so helpful. Okay. Is there anything else we've missed with either investing in your business or getting into just creating content for brands? Oh yeah. Another investment I made was the cooking with keywords course. Oh yeah. I highly re- recommend that. Yes. Keyword research is essential. This is something I ignored for a long time and it pays off for sure. Yep. (laughs) Well, this was amazing. Thank you so much for your time, Sarah. I really appreciate you just showing up today and adding this value. Thank you so much, Megan. It's been great talking to you. Yes, same. So do you have either a favorite quote or words of inspiration to leave us with today? Yeah, so I am big into manifestation. I don't know if that's cheesy or not, but no, um, not at all. <laughs> every morning, well, I wake up and I say some affirmations. My dad actually gave me a list Ooh. like when I was in high school of affirmations to say, and I, now they're all already in my brain. I don't even need to look at the list anymore. But my biggest one is money flows easily and effortlessly, no matter how you, how I feel or what I do. Oh, I love it. What are some of your other ones? Because I love affirmations. You know, I w- say things like today is going to be a great day. Yes. So simple, but like that can set the tone for your entire day. Yeah. Or like, I appreciate those who have helped me as well as crushed me for I'm stronger and better because of them. Love it. Do you know, do you follow Lauren Runyon? Yes, I do. Okay. Because she is big on like manifesting and just affirmations and all of that. So she has an amazing podcast to align and expand. And there are oh, a yeah, few. I think I've listened to that. Oh, have you? There are a few little episodes or kind of like mini episodes, but she goes through some affirmations. One is focused solely on money. And then there's one, I think that's abundance or something else more general. But yeah, those are really great if you're looking for some. But awesome. Thanks for sharing that. And I love that your dad gave you affirmations. I think that's kind of unique for a dad to do that. So cool. Yeah. He's big into that. Yeah. Oh, love it. Okay. So we'll put together a show notes page for you, Sarah. If anyone wants to go look at those, you can go to eblogtalk.com forward slash real food with Sarah with an H. Tell everyone where they can find you on your site, on social media, et cetera, Sarah. You can find me on my website, realfoodwithsarah.com, on Instagram at realfoodwithsarah, same on Facebook, realfoodwithsarah, TikTok at realfoodwithsarah, and Pinterest. Real food with Sarah. Cool. Thanks again, Sarah, so much for being here. And thank you for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Eat Blog Talk. Please share this episode with a friend who would benefit from tuning in. I will see you next time.